everyone and welcome to another edition of the Photography Bar podcast. Um, I am Mark and as always I'm joined with Cam today. Cam, how are you doing? Hello Mark, you alright? Yeah, there was a long pause at the beginning there, if anyone heard Mark breathing in. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know when the Zoom, it comes up with a thing, doesn't it, saying it's yeah. recording and I'm just trying to get the mouse to click it off because otherwise it's... <laughs> but uh, yeah, so how are you doing? You alright? Yeah, yeah, I'm good thanks. Uh, very good thanks. Sam, you're, you're chatting to somebody today. Yes, yes. Yeah. So a little bit later on, everyone, um, I've got a uh, renowned photographer, uh, Roberto Valenzuela, coming in um, and having a chat. Um, and yeah, um, I'm looking forward Roberto's, to it. Yeah, Robert, so Roberto is one of the, the masterclass speakers, super stage speakers at the uh, photography show. Um, he is, which, he is. Which we are uh, um, supporting uh, this year, as yeah. everyone knows. Um, so that's going to be really good. And um, for those of you that haven't got tickets yet for the photography show, or some of you, for those of you that don't know what the photography show is, it is the biggest um, f- uh, photography event in the UK. Possibly. And video and video yeah and possibly um maybe the largest in europe now that photokina is not i don't know what's happening with that but i'm, no. I'm not sure but i think it could be anyway so whether you're a uh a, a professional a seasoned professional whether you're new into the business into the industry rather a student whether you're just a keen hobbyist or you're just starting out whatever uh it's open to everyone and it's at the nec from the 17th to the 20th of september uh in birmingham here in the uk and anyone can get tickets they are um i think they're about 15 pounds the tickets Mm. something like that um for people in the industry and students they're free so you just go on to the photography show.com site um and uh, you can get your tickets from there but it's well worth mm. going if you've it never is. been before um i think you'll you'll have a great day out uh, and enjoy that uh, lots of uh, speakers uh, master classes going on but have a look at the website yeah. and uh, there's going to be loads going on i Watching mean roberto uh, i think he's on the super stage um that's right yeah monday the 19th um you do have to pay to see that one yeah uh there's additional charges for that but um i think it'd be well worth seeing yeah that's right yeah so he'll be on uh shortly now um what they are doing as every good show does they there's always competitions going and this year their um their exclusive competition is to win the new eos r7 uh, that's a Canon mirrorless um, with a uh, 18 to 150 millimeter lens and also 100 to 400 uh, millimeter lens as well. Oh, wow. Uh, it's completely free to end. quite interesting, actually. It says here, I oh, know, uh, ignore that. I, I misread it. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, what it says, what it says is enter this exclusive competition to win the new EOS R7 mirrorless camera plus the new RFS 18 150mm lens and the RF100. I I read, I read it for a minute. When it says plus the new RFS 18 to 150mm lens, I read it as plus a new rfs all oh, right rather <laughs> than a second-hand, second-hand one yeah <laughs> well, that's a bit unusual to say it's new so yeah, yeah. i uh, i misread that so anyway so go, you can go onto the website all you have to do is fill in a form i think and uh, agree to a number of things like uh, not yeah but about privacy all of that but um the actual kit altogether is worth 2399 pounds and 98 pence according to their website so 2400 pounds and the winner will be randomly drawn from all the entries um received so i think that's quite uh, um 
Uh, well, it's, it's a no-brainer, really. I think that's yeah. worth entering. Uh, I think we I should enter that go. as well. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Um, what yeah. Uh, now, what, what, what aperture is the lenses? Doesn't say. Uh, it doesn't. Well, actually, if the whole kit is worth, if the whole kit, if I the camera the and lenses. the two lenses are worth two thousand four hundred, they're not gonna, they're not gonna be opening up. Uh, they're not gonna be opening up too much. So. Uh, yeah, you know. Now, um, just jumping before uh, we we go into uh, um, listen to you chatting to Roberto, Mark. Do you remember uh, going back some time ago? There was the Nirvana album cover lawsuit. Oh yeah, uh, yes. for the album cover Nevermind, which I'm so I'm sure many of you are, are familiar familiar with. It was a, a, a classic '90s album, a huge, huge, hugely popular album, and of a picture of a young baby swimming underwater with a uh oh. with a i was gonna say a pound no a dollar no, chasing <laughs> a dollar basically chasing a dollar that's, okay yeah. yeah that's right and the the, the the baby in question that was using the picture spencer eldon who's now 31 um and who was the baby that was used in the photo and he he put in a lawsuit saying that he felt exploited many years later he mm. put in a lawsuit as far as i'm aware um saying that he was exploited and he was seeking uh, legal damages he'd saying it caused him um you know some distress and uh, that type of thing but anyway he, he did. but anyway this week i think it was this week a us judge has dismissed yeah. Um, the lawsuit against Nirvana over the band's iconic 1991 album cover, which showed him as a, naked as a baby. And Spencer Eldon, 31, said his appearance on the front cover of the Nevermind record constituted, constituted <laughs> child sex abuse. Which it doesn't. But, yeah. But the judge said he had left it too late to claim he had been exploited. Well, uh, that's a bit <laughs> of a strange one. I don't think he... I'm not too sure if that's a good enough reason to kick it out. I mean, yeah. I find it a bit strange because I'm sure the parents agree to it all and the parents are his guardians at the time because he can't make a decision. So Yeah, unless they grabbed the baby and no one knew about it and photographed it underwater. I'm sure the parents knew about it. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, yeah. yeah, it's, it's yeah. That, so, yeah, it is. It is Mr. Eldon's legal avenues are now all but exhausted as he cannot refile the case, but his legal team told US media he would appeal against the ruling. That doesn't happen in every case. Everyone appeals, don't they? And then there's another yeah. appeal on another appeal. Um, the lawsuit focused on a photograph of Mr. Eldon, which depicted him swimming naked in a pool towards a dollar bill pierced with a fish hook. He argued that he'd been unable the to. Dollar consent- bill was. Yeah. Shook, by the way. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he had argued that he'd been un- unable to consent to the picture being used. He was seeking one hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars in damages. Uh, for the photographer Kirk Weddle was among the defendants, as were former Nirvana members Dave Grohl and Chris uh, Novoselic. I think they pronounced that, as yeah. well as Courtney Love and the, and who's the widow of Kirk. Oh, well, yeah, um, state, I guess. He says he filed the case in 2021, so that was obviously, what, I don't know, 27, 28 years after he was born, arguing that he was still within his rights to complain about the decades-old image because it had continued to cause him distress and lost earnings into adulthood. Um, It was dismissed. Yeah, you know, um, and but the... The the Los Angeles judge ruled on Friday that Mr. Eldon lodged this case well beyond the 10-year statute of limitations. Uh, welcoming the verdict, the defence lawyer said the case had been meritless. The, the defence argues Mr. Eldon had enjoyed being the Nirvana baby, noting, he had, noted, noting that he had reenacted the photograph in later life. Yes, yes, he had. 
and the parents were aware because uh, of this because they, they were paid uh, for the photo in 91, 1991. Now, do you know what his parents were paid? Do you know what Mr. and Mrs. Eldon were paid in 1991 for the photo? Well, it was probably then, about... Was that was then for a relatively unknown band, yeah. Uh, but the worldwide sales of Nirvana, uh, never mind, went on to pass 30 million, making it one yeah. of the best selling albums of all time. So, how much do you reckon that the well, like, like you're saying at the time, Nirvana were nobody, uh, mm. before Nevermind came out, no one mm. knew who they were. So, uh, well, I say that obviously the the, the real, the, the yeah, the hardcore fans, fans knew, but they? yeah, 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 yeah. but uh, generally the world didn't know who Nirvana were. So, mm. I reckon, I don't know, equivalent about 50 quid or something like that. Actually, not too far off. Actually, yeah. I mean, well, it's 173 pounds, so 200 dollars. Oh. That's okay. not far off, really. I thought you might say, I don't know, 1500 or no, I mean, like something like that. Because their budget you know. was a shoestring at the time. Before, was, yeah, that's right. So yeah, yeah. They wouldn't have been able to have paid that much. Yeah. There you go. They got you got paid for a job when he was a baby, and you know the parents signed the contract and whatever. Mm. And when yeah. you're that young your, your, your parents have yeah that's right yeah a say i suppose we have to be difficult and what we say I, I i you know uh here but uh i'm sure he did i mean he did he'd say he 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 did enjoy the you know i'm sure he he um you know, it says he enjoyed being the Nirvana, Nirvana baby. I'm sure he did. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, a lot of, you know, and he, he reenacted it at, at in another photograph later in life. Yes, I mean, did. I don't know how old he was then. So, well, he um, had a beard. So, uh... right. Oh, did he? <laughs> so, so someone's put it out there. He's obviously seen how much money that the album has generated over the years. Yeah. And thought, hang on a minute. I want some of that. But yeah. Are people buying it for the cover? No, no. Uh, you know, um, and our our album covers as important our our album covers cover images as important today as they were going back years ago. Yeah, but this say. was years ago when Nirvana when Nevermind came out. So, mm. um, I think CDs, with... but 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 this was prime well, CD. It, oh well, it was prime vinyl. What was it ninety one? Ninety one. Yeah, mm, uh, yeah CDs prime, came yeah. out about eighty eight, so not everybody yeah. probably had one at that point. Yeah, I might be right. wrong with that date, by the way. Mm. Um, but no, I mean, um, I think a lot of people still own it was still vinyl that mm. it was mostly bought. I think at that yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. By the time the mid nineties came out, that changed. But um, yeah. 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 Oh, I've just yeah, I've just seen the picture on BBC. It says this is 2016. The Nirvana Nevermind album cover baby recreates a picture 25 years on. Well, there you go. And does he have a beard? Uh he does have a beard. Yeah, yeah. there you he's, go. He's got tattoos. Um, he says, but this time clothes were involved. He said, I said to the photographer, let's do it naked, but he thought that would be weird. So I wore my swim shorts. He told me. So he suggested uh, to New do York it naked Post. for the second He one. did. Um uh and it says that this is 2016 it was strange i did this for five minutes when i was four months old and it became this really iconic image yeah spencer is now living as an artist in la um and blah blah uh the new picture well the new picture words photograph that was taken in 2016 was by a british photographer john Chappelle, mm. uh in the california pool as the original uh, and it says it's not the first time Spencer has been asked to recreate the image. He's posed three times before for the album's 10th, 17th and 20th anniversaries. Um, so, yeah, something, something's, something's, got his, something's got to him, isn't it? Obviously, so yeah. uh, that makes him feel that he was. Uh, um, yeah. Anyway, right. <laughs> so um, let's jump into, you know, it's something. Um, We've got to be careful what we say about that story, don't we? 
I, I guess. I, 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 I guess. I mean, you don't know what was going through his mind. He might have just been playing along with things when it comes to recreating the photo. I mean, that is possible. Um, but I still maintain, you know, he's suing the photographer. He's suing Nirvana. He's suing. But his parents are the ones that actually made the decision. They're mm. the ones that signs the agreement. Mm. They're the ones, you know, that that you know signed the model release. I'm sure. Mm. So <laughs> he's he's, he's, think... he's not suing his parents, is he? So I, I find, don't know, I, I find the whole thing a bit bizarre. I know it's quite a point where oh, you've done something and you, you got paid a little bit for it because it was a little band, and suddenly that album went. He could probably make a, a fair amount of money it. as a guest speaker, being paid as yeah. a guest speaker, talking yeah. about his album cover. Couldn't he, he? Could. He, could. he could. He could. There's ways of milking it and generating yeah. a, a, a probably an income that he could live off. Yeah. Just off that image alone, you know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm could. sure he could. He could write a blooming book on that, couldn't he? I'm sure he could. Somebody could stretch it out and the story behind it and everything. You talk to his parents, talk to the photographer, go and talk to the band. He could write a book on that album cover because it was an iconic cover. But then and maybe if he can do all that and he. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe he is troubled by it. I, I, I mean, hmm. it's it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah, we're throwing say, some but... ideas in. So, yeah. Spencer, if you do write a book on the album cover and if yeah. you do do some paid uh, talks, you know, you know where we are for our little cut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which we right, won't yeah. be getting. I'm sure. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, all right. Okay, Mark. So, um, so you were talking to Roberto, weren't you? Yes, going to talk yeah. to Roberto. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, look, really looking forward to it. So, yeah. um, I, okay. I think, so. I think Yep. I think I think we're gonna we're gonna do it now. Now Roberto um, is a top-selling author, educator, multi-award-winning wedding and portrait photographer, and Canon explorer of light, and is based in Beverly Hills. Very nice. Um, as a member of the prestigious Canon Explorers Light Group, Roberto is considered to be one of the most influential photographers in the world. Um, he's also one of the most well-known photography authors globally. His uh, book trilogy, Picture Per. Picture Perfect Practice and Picture Perfect Posing and the third one, which is Picture Perfect Lighting, have become staples in the photography industry and in academic photographic departments and has been translated into numerous languages, including German, Chinese, Indonesian, Spanish, Portuguese and Korean. So it's for everyone, which is fantastic. Is <laughs> um, He also has a new um, book series out, Wedding Storyteller Volume 1 and 2, which are the top-selling wedding photography books in history. And his latest book, titled The Successful Professional Photographer, applies his college degree in marketing and consumer behaviour to help photographers be recognised, hired and maximise potential sales. He also serves as a chairman and judge for some of the largest photographic competitions in the United States, Europe, Mexico and South America, and is also for photographed the major campaigns for Canon USA for, uh, for the 5D Mark IV and recently was commissioned by Canon to photograph the global campaign for Canon's top mirrorless cameras, the R5 and the R6. And above all of that, He's a king cook and a classically trained guitar player. So I suppose my first question, Roberto, is do you get time to sleep, sir? <laughs> oh, what, what's the saying? You're a, a jack of all trades for a master of none. Well, by the look of this CV, you're a master of everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is quite a CV. I, it is impressive. Very That's impressive. Funny. That's funny. I don't know. You know, I, I don't... I, I, I've been doing guitar forever. Um, yeah. That's how I paid for college is by teaching guitar lessons. Oh, wow. And I became a professional concert classical guitarist. So you 
you would pay for a ticket to go see me play at a concert and people would dress up and I would be by myself. It was a soloist concert. So, you know, when you're a soloist, classical guitarist, you don't have Photoshop to fix your mistakes. Indeed. So your mistakes are live and Mm. they are, they're going to be heard by the audience. So that guitar life, which was, it wasn't planned like this or anything, but Mm. That guitar life taught me that I have one shot at, at getting these things right. And that's during my training, during my guitar mm-hmm. practicing. And I took that to the photography world, which has served me extremely well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I took photography very much like I took classical guitar. And mm-hmm. instead of, look, everybody deals with photography in their own way. Mm-hmm. And everybody enjoys it in a different way. Yeah. My way was simply coming from my background, which was a classical musician. So that was my approach. That's what I knew. And um, it turns out that approach really propelled me to very high levels of photography. Why shouldn't it? Like, if you're training like a classical guitarist for your for your photography, you're going to kick butt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're going to kick butt. I mean, a, a classical guitarist cannot make a mistake in the audience. No. So you train very carefully to make sure that once you start, you better start and finish that song flawlessly. Flawlessly. You know? Yeah. Um, there's a movie by uh, one of my Canon Explorer of Light, fellow Canon EOLs, uh, Jimmy Chin, named Free Solo. Have you seen it? No, I have not. No. Uh, it's a movie about the top rock climber in the world named Alex Honnold. Oh, yes. He climbs Yosemite's El Capitan by himself with no rope. Freestyle. Yeah, Yeah, free so he free solos it. And by no means classical guitar concerts can compare to a death or life or death, you know, outcome, whether you make a mistake. But at least my comparison is if you make a mistake in, in, in a guitar concert, that's it. You made it. Everyone mm. is gonna hear you. If you make make if you make a mistake on free soloing, you die. But mm. but the, the training is very similar. Like you train very deliberate to make sure that you really don't make a mistake. You know, you, you just mm. don't. Now, do you still mess up during photo shoots? Of course, mm. but it has been a lot less. There's a lot yeah. less takes, you know. Mm. And that's been kind of a fun approach. I don't think my approach is the only approach. It was just my approach and it worked amazing. Well, it, it, you're right in what you say, you know, different approaches work for different people, um, which you're different to me. I'm different to uh, Cam, who's also on this uh, on this podcast sometimes. And um, yeah, it, it, everyone sort of approaches things differently. I mean, it's kind of I'm a guitar player myself. No way near to the standard that you're. <laughs> you're I was never classically <laughs> trained. I was. I hid yeah. everything under a wire pedal if I made a mistake. Do you know what I mean? But, uh, um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no. I'm. It's, it's interesting because it's that kind of sort of mental preparedness that you have for a shoot is is the same. Well, from from your point of view, is the same as if you're going to do a concert. Um, yep which yeah in and it's those transferable sort of skills and habits and 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 ethos i guess um exactly yeah yeah fantastic fantastic 
very much like scenario based. I think of a scenario when I'm playing guitar, I know that the music, the part of the music, a part of the song is coming where it's difficult. Yeah. So I prepare mentally to approach that section. And mm. then I, I, I work on that hard, difficult section quite a bit until it becomes quite natural. Yeah. In, in photo world, it was the same thing. Whenever I see, let's say, a bride by a window, mm. okay, I said to myself, every photographer in the world is going to put the bride by the window and photograph her with natural light at 2.8 or whatever. And it's going to yeah. look beautiful because natural light through a window does look beautiful. Mm. But I said, can, can we elevate this? Is it possible to elevate? Well, once you say, yes, I'll elevate it. Now you have to think of how. And when you think of how, you have to think of pulling out your flash. And when you pull out your flash, you have to think of the buttons you have to push. And, and you have to do this very quickly because the price waiting. So yeah. my guitar training taught me, okay, as soon as I think I'm going to pull out a flash, I I trained on how, how speedy I could be on pulling it out and getting ready, getting it ready to go. Mm. And un until later, I realized it was dumb pulling it out and turning it on and trying to get it ready. And then I realized I should just have it ready at all times. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm. So it should just be on and it should be linked to my remote. Yeah. So my remote was on my camera, whether I was using flash or not. Mm. And mm. if I decided, you know what, I'm going to add flash to that. I'm going to mm. add a little bit of, I'm going to lift the shadows a little bit to make it look more painterly. Yeah. Then I would pull out the flash, turn it on, and it would be automatically linked, and I would fire literally two seconds. Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of the idea. It, it was this, it was this, and I know by by most locations where brides get ready, hotel rooms or houses or whatever, that mm. the wall opposite of the window is usually you know ten eight meters away. Yeah. Right. Ballpark. Yeah. Six to ten. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I know that that is uh, that is the flash should be a one sixteenth or one eighth power mm. for that, right? Yeah. So if I see the wall eight seven meters away, turn on the flash manual one eighth power fire, and you're and done. It, 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 you're done. Yeah, and that's not difficult. No, like, once you do that twice, you're like, what? This is not brain surgery. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's 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 about preparation, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, and it's it's odd because. When I was a, a lot younger, I did my first ever gig, uh, a gig for photography as a band up there. And and uh, I saw all these other photographers down there and they had their flash guns already and on. And I was I was thinking, why? Why have you got your flash guns on? Because you've got this amazing lighting rig. You don't need flash. So I just didn't have mine on. And I was just... and then suddenly the guy, the singer, jumped into the crowd. And then all the other photographers had their flashes on, switched them on, taking pictures of this guy in the crowd. And of course, I couldn't. And... From that moment, right. I've always had my flash on. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. it's it's that it like you say it's it, it's not not complicated, is it? And it's and I, I learned that way. Um, I was a lot younger in my in my career at that point, and you learn these things on the way. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, like you say, you first of all, I want to say that I thought you were twenty one. I thought you oh. were still young. So oh. I, I could have sworn that when you say younger, you're talking about your teenage years. No, no, no. Yo, you can come again. <laughs> <laughs> I was no, no, like, no. this handsome fellow. But oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah. But the, the, the reality is that it's not difficult. It's just coming up with the scenarios. Mm. Mm. And that, you know, I find that a lot of photographers, I don't know if scenario scenario-based photography is like what they do 
you know, it's mm. like top of their mind. It has definitely helped me tremendously mm. to think, okay, I'm outside. It's the middle of the day. It's sunny. The sun is out. It's a clear sky. What are my three options at this point? To, 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 what, what are the three? Mm. This is the scenario. What are my three possibilities or whatever? And mm. I have them down. What if a cloud goes over the sun? Okay, now what are the scenarios for that? And yeah. I do that. And man, it, it's just, you know, to be honest, it, it's not that many scenarios, you know, like you, 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 these scenarios repeat themselves over and, mm, over, and over and over. Yeah. So people say, wow, you're so like, you, you think of everything. I'm like, there's not that much to think about. about. Yeah. You've done it several times. You know yeah. what's going to happen. That's right. Um, you know, there's scenarios and, and what happens, Mark, what I found in my experience is by having this scenarios, basically pre-prepped in your mind and ready to go with solutions or, or with options to deal mm. with that scenario, I realized something, something happened that this is this, I discovered this years ago, but all of a sudden my brain or whatever stopped, stopped thinking of everything as such category. Like this mm -hmm. is the category, this is the scenario. And my head really opened up to creativity. Okay. Mm. And because I find that boredom feeds creativity. Yeah. But boredom with the technical expertise is what you need. And, mm. and I mean technical expertise. I mean literally understanding the technical side of photography, like different flash effects, lighting, like like different things. Because when you start adding creativity, you need to be quite fast with your technical equipment, with your equipment yeah. to be able to make it happen. Mm. So people say, well, I'm creative, but I'm not technical. Well, that could work, but you will need a lot of time. Yeah. And in my world where it's usually, uh, at least in the world that I used to be in, which is weddings, I don't do as many anymore. But when I, when I was doing weddings, like 500 weddings I've done in my career, mm. my world, it was a, it was a game of speed, mm. you know, like couples and stuff are not there for a photo shoot. They're there for no. a wedding. Yeah. So, and I am not the type of photographer that would take away the bride and groom for a glamour photo shoot all day long. Mm. I, I was always wedding first, photography second, mm. wedding first. So I had to do things very fast. So creativity was born from scenarios and doing the scenarios and kind of feeling like I got this. I want to do something else. And I combined that with technical ability. And that was like a very big explosion for me. Uh, and that's really, that's really good to hear. I mean, some of the things you're actually saying, I mean, especially when you're talking about you, you, sort of your mindset that went over from the classical guitar playing to, to your photography, it almost reminds me of some of the conversations I have with maybe some of the, dare I say, older generation of photographers who originally started with film. And right they also had to have that kind of knowledge of like you were saying okay so this room is going to be about what eight meters or whatever it is i know that my flash has to be on this setting and then of course that was stuff that you know film photographers probably as you know they, they had to know that yeah. um because you know they had less shots to take 36 roll of film or or if it's medium format it's like 15 or 12 or whatever it is um and yeah, I, I think a lot of that kind of mindset has been lost with the introduction of digital, perhaps, uh, because you can see the picture straight away and all that. But it's interesting to see that, obviously, that sort of mindset that you've brought over from 
kind of it's still part of the arts isn't it but it's different part of the arts to photography and it's 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 really interesting to hear yeah and by the way i think that when we say this has been sort of lost with the introduction of digital photography i embrace that change mm. Um, I embrace that change where we don't have to be so careful with shots, mm. but that did not change my training. Mm. I just embraced the, 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 the new wave of how the way things are mm. like we, as a wedding photographer that I, that I used to be, and I still, I still am, I guess I, I love weddings more than I do more than I love anything else. I, I I'm a fashion photographer here in LA, yeah. but if you ask me, why would you rather do a wedding or a fashion shoot? I will always choose the wedding. How come? That's interesting. How come? Because fashion shoots are very controlled and they're usually controlled by a team. Mm -hmm. You know, you have an art director, you have a person that's in charge of this or in charge of that, or or like the, the direction that the, the person wants you to go to. The photographer in a fashion shoot doesn't necessarily, it's not like an island. You're basically there to do your part of the job. And the creativity and all of that doesn't always come from the photographer in fashion. It comes from the art director and it comes mm. from him. And then the photographer gets involved in some of that, but not all, not, not all the time. Mm. Sometimes I've done shoots where my creativity was not even asked for. Oh, okay. it was, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> and I, I respect that because they have a marketing plan. Mm. And they have an advertising plan and it has to fit a certain look. Yeah. So my input, hey, why don't we do this? No, it doesn't fit what they yeah. already Well, they, they've got a bigger picture in front of them, I guess. That's right. And when you're coming into that team and you might not necessarily know what it is they've been discussing beforehand and, and sort of the ultimate finish. That's right. Yeah. And and I find that once the once the photo shoot's about to start and the model is steps in, in front of me. The model was stylized by a very good stylist. Mm. She has makeup by a top makeup artist. Her hair looks avant-garde and, and mm. beautiful. And it has some cool look to it. Yeah. The background and, and, and the lights are set up by my team, mm. not even by me. <laughs> you know, like by yeah, yeah. my team. Yeah. Right. And and then I start shooting, and no matter what I do, it looks good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because because everything, you know, all these other parts have been done for you in such a high level, right? Mm, yeah. So, so I find, and this is being very honest, you know, mm, yeah, I yeah. Find fashion photography sounds so like glamorous and stuff. Yeah. And it is super fun because the result is fun. Yeah. But, but the, uh, the, the, the shoot itself is, not nearly as fun as a wedding where it's yeah. all chaos. Yes. <laughs> like yes. A, a wedding is to me the most fun a photographer can have and the best training a photographer mm. can have. Mm. Because uh, to do a wedding well, you need to be a really good photojournalist. Mm. You need to be able to connect stories. You need to be able to see this is happening and that is about to happen. Are those two connected? And then photograph the two so they can be connected in the wedding album. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You have to be able to see. In fashion, you don't have to connect stories. Mm. You, I mean, you kind of do a little bit. Well, I suppose they're connected for you, aren't they? In, in they the connect planning. for you, but yeah. it's usually like 
this is like the first theme. This is the next theme. They're not really stories. They're more like themes that they're doing. Yeah. yeah. And, and sometimes they're story-based, but not really. In mm. a wedding, it's all stories. Mm. So you have to have an eye for that. And you have to be able to pay attention and remove yourself from the photography hat and put mm. on the hat of a storyteller, like somebody writing a novel, right? Yeah. Then you also have to be good at lighting. And I'm not just talking about sun and natural light. I'm talking about elevated lighting. Mm -hmm. And you have to be fast, like we discussed earlier. Yeah, yeah. Then you have to be good at posting couples, single people, and groups. Mm. You have to be good at all of that. Well, you have to be a people and, person, don't you? You have to have that you ability have to, be to be able to talk yeah. to people, make them comfortable with you, make to them get fun them to do... with you, like, let them want to collaborate. And yeah. you're kind of like you're kind of having fun, but you're still thinking, right? Mm -hmm. And and you have to be really good at like commercial photography style of shooting which is like when you photograph the reception details so it has to look a certain way yeah. now with the weddings that i do they're very they're very like high budget kind of these things yeah and so the people involved like the coordinator is a high level coordinator and he wants this to look like a magazine ready work yeah. right out of the camera and the mm. crazy part is i have to actually send them the photos right out of the camera as, as soon as i take them so as soon as i oh, take wow. them right to him okay or her there is yep. no um, i'll give it to you tomorrow you know mm -hmm. he wants them now so the stress for me is to get like the, everything has to be just like bam like really good right yeah and that requires lighting the, the plates and lighting the setups and the flowers and making it all look like a certain type of look mm. oh my gosh it's like so crazy right and 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 then you have to photograph the ceremony and you have to understand what what all that entails i mean and then you have to deal with people that are drunk and stuff like that yeah that's no i mean i the the yeah the the, the drunk people stuff can get quite um entertaining <laughs> yeah entertaining and um can be trying at times i guess um but uh but yeah so, no so no doubt, no doubt that if you want to become a really good, well-rounded photographer, um, photographing a wedding at a very high level is the best training you can have. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, fashion shoots are so like they're more production than shooting. Mm. You mm. know, the model in fashion shoots are not. They're not too open to being told what to do <laughs> <laughs> like you you as a photographer and the team you hire a model based on her moves and her mm -hmm. look so she will give you those moves and those looks when she shows up yeah so uh, if you try to do all this extra posing that doesn't fit her 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 ways yeah it starts to become conflict yeah start, start a conflict you know so mm -hmm. yeah um why that that's i think that's a very honest assessment yeah of, no of i love it I, I mean i tell our listeners will will really enjoy that because uh i mean our, our listenerships you know some are professionals some are amateurs some are just hobbyists you know so uh to get all those little nuggets of inside information of what actually really happens on something like a you know really high level fashion shoot um yeah no that's that's great that's great yeah. Um, I just want to take us back, though, um, because obviously I've read that you uh, and you mentioned that obviously you play guitar to sort of cover your college costs and all that. And you got a college in uh, sorry, you got a degree in marketing and um, uh, social behavior, I think it was, wasn't it? Uh, and um, how how 
what, consumer behavior. Consumer behavior, beg your pardon. Um, and when, um, obviously, you came out with that degree, was yeah. photography in your mind? I mean, how did you make that transition? Why did you make that transition from maybe? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, no. There was no photography in my mind at all mm -hmm. when I was in college. I, I didn't even know what a camera was. <laughs> you know, yeah. basically. Come I think, did I not read on your um, on your website that you didn't even know the lens came off? It's... No, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, all the cameras that I knew were cameras that like, sorry, they're cameras like, that where the lens kind of goes ooh, doo, 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 yeah, doo, yeah. in and out, and then you take the picture. So just for the like, purpose of our listeners, he's showing us a bridge camera. I think that is, isn't it? It's my little, my little take, the, take, take on vacation with me quickly. Yeah. It's, an M, it's a Canon M50 Mark II. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is still, it still has a mirror on it. Um, mm. Actually, no, this is mirrorless. But um, yeah, it's uh, now, now they have, you know, when I first got my first set of cameras, and the lens came off. Yeah. I thought something was something was seriously wrong and broken. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I I am telling you, Mark, I was very very green in the mm. photo world, and I was also a terrible photographer. I really did not have a single ounce of photographic talent in me. It so how did you get into it? How did you sort of um, decide that this is the area that you want to go into? Well, I because of my degree, I I got a I got a job as a marketing and econo I got a so I got my degrees in economics, marketing, and consumer behavior. Okay, mm -hmm. I got. Then I got hired as a teacher, as a high school teacher, and I was right. teaching things to these high school students. Mm -hmm. But then the president of the United States during that time, George Bush, the junior, the son, yeah, he gave every high school he wanted more high school students to go to college and to apply mm -hmm. for business schools because he wants the U.S. economy to keep being super powerful, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And how do you do that? By growing businesses. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. he he said he wants to multiply or quadruple the amount of business applications in the United States, business school applications. Mm -hmm. So the way he did that is by talking to us high school teachers that were teaching business. Mm -hmm. And he told us basically to throw away the textbooks and to teach business by teaching a real business. Like, so he wanted us to start a real business in the right school. in the school in the school so he gave us ninety thousand dollars to start a business and all the teachers or most of the high school business teachers in the nation got this grant wow okay? yeah it was a lot of money yeah okay? i asked the students like we have almost a hundred thousand dollars right <laughs> what are we going to do with this and some people picked some some high schools picked like jewelry design, other people picked yeah. pottery. Well, my students came up to me and they decided to that they wanted to start a digital photography business. Mm. You know, so I was like, digital photography. Wow, that's totally. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? And it was it was the beginning of the moment where my whole life turned and changed yeah. um, for the greatest career I have ever had in my life. I ha I have been a guitarist. I have been a high school teacher. I have been this and that, but I have never been happier than I am now. So thank you, George W., basically. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Photography has been such a joy. You know, mm. it is, uh, I, I was going to be a lawyer and I'm going to become a judge and all this stuff. Yeah. And I was, the, the, the law school at the University of Arizona, they wanted me to apply and I was like really 
really like good at that. Mm. And uh, I'm so glad I did not do that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I lawyers, lawyer, law is, it's a profession where you deal with people at their worst. Yeah. And photography is for the most part, a profession when you deal with people at their very best Mm. and and their happiest. Mm. And because you only live once, I would rather deal with happiness yeah. uh, than anything else. And it has been a very challenging profession, uh, but that's also what has made it so fun. Yeah. You know, um, it has not been easy. You know, photographers think that if you decide to be a photographer, you're going to be shooting, but you're 90% of your time, you're marketing. Yeah. And 5% after that is like something is like studying software and stuff. And then 5% of, of the last 5% left is your, is finally your shooting time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not the other way around. You're not a photographer that wakes up and you have a, an eight o'clock and a nine o'clock and a 10 o'clock appointments. It just doesn't work like that. Mm. You know, we're not mm. dentists, you know? Yeah. Um, and, but the, the truth is photography is something that people are going to need forever. Mm. They're going to need it. You're always going to need a photographer for a big event. Yeah. You're always going to want to have a headshot. You're yeah. always going to need photographers for fashion because photos, photos sell, you yeah. know, yeah. you're not going to sell uh, the, the spring collection of 2022 with a paragraph of, mm. of words. No, you, know? you, need to, you need to see it. You need to see it. Yeah. Okay. You need to see it in context. You need to see it by itself. There's so many opportunities in, in photography and there's so many photographers joining the industry that instead of me thinking, oh, this is like a mess. I actually think this is great because <laughs> the more people come in, the more I got to push myself to yeah. continue growing and growing and to continue being on top of things. You know, mm. I don't want to be a sleepy photographer, you know, mm. so competition keeps the fire under your butt. And I love it. Yeah, you know? no, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with that because, um, I mean, me and Cam have discussed on episodes past about actually how photography can be quite a solitary job. Um, especially if, I mean, unless you're working in teams all the time, but especially with, um, like wedding photography, if it's your own business, I know you probably, you know, probably have another photographer as a second or a first or whatever. Um, but generally when it's your business, it's your business, you're on your own and it's up to you to sort of keep up with what's going on and all that kind of stuff. And actually having more photographers around, especially if you're friendly with other photographers, you, you, you do you talk yeah 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 even just to talk over a pint or like what we're doing here um you know people will be thinking oh yeah that's great that'll inspire me to do x or or, or y whatever it is um so yeah i agree i think having more photographers around um you know can can do that you can talk to more people different people have different ideas different processes different ways of seeing things and if that's something you like you can incorporate it in what you're doing and, and of course vice versa for them so yeah, I agree. Um, because it can be a solitary job sometimes. Oh, it is very solitude. It's, it's a mm. very, very lonely job. I, it can be. And mm. it can also be overwhelming with how much you have to learn. Like yeah. you you get into this to be a photographer. And then next thing you know, you find out you have to learn how to become a video editor. Mm. And yes. then you have to learn how to do all these camera raw processors like Capture One and Lightroom mm. and Adobe Camera Raw. And you have to be studying software the whole day. And yeah. then five minutes later, you have to become a social media specialist and you have to be perfect <laughs> at, at Instagram. Yeah. But then mm. you you master Instagram and you realize that TikTok has another another thing going on. So you have to yeah. like learn what that is. And then you, I know, and now they have 
YouTube shorts and you have to dedicate time for that. You know? Yeah. So I, eventually the day is over and you're having dinner. And you're like, what the heck happened to my photography? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. The and then on top I, of all I, that, Adobe will bring out a new update for Photoshop. Oh, and yeah. There's a whole load of other things you got to learn. Yeah, don't even get me started, you know? <laughs> I, 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 and then you have printing, which is like, printing is like uh. one thing that has propelled my business into a highly profitable business, actually. Mm. It's printing. And I noticed that most photographers in Los Angeles, uh, printing is not part of their part of their business. Mm-hmm. It's not a major part of their business. It's, it's kind of more like the photo shoot and this and that. And, and social media and printing became something that I honed my skills very carefully in. And so when I started showing people what I was able to do with prints, I re- didn't realize how much people were willing to pay the mm. big bucks for prints. Yeah. You know, of course, you have to show them what a crappy print looks like. <laughs> yeah. And then when they see the difference, they're just like, oh, dang, I didn't realize that this this could look like this, you know? Mm. Um, so then you have to learn printing too. So now you have TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook business pages, Facebook groups, Facebook, um, your normal Facebook uh, account. Mm. You have Instagram. You have you have to read books on all these things. Which is, yeah, you have to learn how to cali- calibrate your monitors. You know, mm. you have to do. You have to learn how to do video editing. It's like, when does the photo part begin? <laughs> yes, absolutely. This goes back to my first ever question I asked you. When, when do you sleep? You know, it's, it is nuts. Do you know what I mean? It's... I actually, yeah, I don't sleep because my kids will keep me up, but it's not because, <laughs> it's because my kids. Because you know, your kids are. Yeah, my kids are, 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 they're five and two. So they're at that age where it's just like really difficult. So every, every day I feel like I'm a zombie, but I am. Um, you know, it's okay. Like nothing, a little bit of coffee and some coffee can help. <laughs> can, yes. Can rescue me. So, you know. Helps you get um, through, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. It's fine. Like, you know, sleep or no sleep, sleep's overrated. And I don't care about sleep. <laughs> you know, it's just, as long as you get quality of, of, of hours, I think it's, you're good. You know, you don't have to, I mean, I've never slept. I haven't slept eight hours in 30 years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, 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 maybe I sleep four or five, you know, like, but it's just, uh, yeah, anyway. So yeah, it, it, it's been a lot of fun. Um, yeah. But that's how I got started with with photography. They, the, the president asked for this, the students chose photography and we started um, buying gear and I yeah. didn't know what I was buying. So I had to call every photographer in the nation. Like, could you mm-hmm. please tell me what to buy? Like, I heard there's this acronym called SLR or something. Yeah. Single lens reflex. Yeah. I didn't, know, yeah, I didn't yeah. know what it was. I was like, what? I'm looking for cameras, not for SLRs. What are those? You know, are those walkie talkies? <laughs> like, what are those? <laughs> They're like, no, dude, it's a camera with with a mirror and it flips and stuff like that. I was yeah. like, what? So uh, I was very confused. It, it was very confusing times. And we also bought some strobes and we bought modifiers and oh my, oh boy. Like mm-hmm. we, we would stay after school with my students till seven, eight o'clock at night trying yeah. to be how to use all this stuff the the parents of the students would bring dinner to their to their kids at the school because they were still with me trying to trying to play with the photo gear you know but that's that's great though the fact that they were there over time i mean i don't think i ever stayed at school after hours voluntarily um yeah. so for them to want to do it yeah i mean um, that that's that's a really good thing to hear oh, and i'm telling you mark it was the most passionate group ever like they would mm-hmm. stay there Hours would go by, we wouldn't even notice. We would mm. just be like, what is this A, V? What is this M? 
is this amanual one. You know, mm. what is this P one? What's the P? Oh, the P mm. is for, and they, I would remember they would look it up. It's, uh, it's called program mode or something. I was like, okay, how do you trigger those lights with this? Yeah. You need a cable. Like, like, okay, well, let's do it with a cable. Oh my gosh. It was like, <laughs> it was such a mess. I mean, it was deep end stuff by the sound, jumping right into the deep end with that one. Oh, it was just fun, you know? Yeah. And then once we got the photo, we had to, we had to put it on this thing called Photoshop. And I didn't know what that was. Yeah. And then we had to learn that too. Yeah. <laughs> you have to learn all these things. It's like steep, steep learning curve. Steep it was very curve. steep. Yeah. yeah. It was very steep. Well, I like to, I mean, obviously sticking with education, I guess, in a certain way is that you, you also moved over, well, not moved over, but you decided to write some books, as, as I mentioned in the intro. Um, yeah. So, um, how did that come about? Was that something you, again, just thought, well, that's the next evolution of what I want to do? Was it something always in your mind or is it? No way. Just go, no way. <laughs> so no. Someone just go, did a publisher just come up to you and go, do you want to write a book? Mark, like I am the last person in the world that should have written any books. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I don't know if you knew me when I was in high school, yeah. you would think this guy is never going to put a paragraph together. Uh -oh. <laughs> you know. Like, well, what changed? How did you? How did I don't you know. It's just life. Like, yeah. my high school English teacher would come to me very frustrated. She's like, why don't you take this class seriously? I was like, because I already speak English. <laughs> why yeah. don't I class? <laughs> like, you need to learn how to write. And I was just like, yeah. I can write what I need. I, I just write. I write my notes. She's like, no, you need to learn how to write. Like, it's communication is very important in written form. It was a struggle for years for my English teachers mm. to get me to write my five paragraph essays or whatever it yeah. was. I yeah. hated it. Yeah. <laughs> and to go from that to being one of the top selling authors in the world, it mm. might, it's just mind blowing to me. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> you know, how did that come about? Well, yeah. I mean, how, how did it come about? When did you decide? How did you decide that you were going to go that way? I had a dream of writing a book and the book was was going to be called behind the shutter yeah or or before it clicks or something like that yeah or whatever some cheesy title like that yeah okay and i i, I remember going to barnes and noble which is the bookstores here in in, in united states and i would go mm -hmm. to the photo section back when they used to have a photography section now they that section disappeared by the way yeah um yeah there's no more uh photography section in the books anymore there is technology and mm. they only carry about five or six photo books now uh, you know i know that does hurt but yeah. um but i i would go to Barnes and noble and i would look at the books and i would just as cheesy as it sounds i just thought can you imagine what it would be like to go to the bookstore and have pull out a book that you wrote yeah you know and why would i write a book you know um it turns out that my first year as a photographer, I shot 80 weddings in the first year. Mm -hmm. And those wow. 80 weddings were on the, were most of them, 90% of them were on the same location. Okay. Mm. So that location became so freaking boring <laughs> to, because I was yeah. shooting at Wednesday weddings, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday weddings, like at this place at the same venue. Mm. The only thing that changed was the face of the bride and the groom, you know? Mm. Yeah. So, when I wanted to just like blah, blow my brains out because I yeah. couldn't take it anymore, I started writing down 
things that will make me change the way I shoot in the same location. So I right. said, okay, we have we have a grassy area with a tree coming out. What mm. can I do there? Uh, we have a parking lot. What can I do at the parking lot? Like, yeah. and and I made my own list. And this list, I used this list to basically change the way I shoot in this location. And it did, it worked. I, I would go to the same venue and my photos look totally different from the last wedding. And mm. then it took, then the next wedding was a completely different thing. You you would not even know it was the same place. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. And little did I know that became the subject matter of my first or one of my one of my first year as an educator teaching on stage. Mm. And I was talking about this system that I wrote about how to break down locations. Mm. That turns out a couple of publishers were noticing how how busy and full my rooms were with people. And because it was really practical information. Yeah. And so people were actually just really looking for practical information that they could actually use. Yeah. I was given that because I really needed to do this for my own survival. Like I needed mm -hmm. to change. I needed to be creative in the same place over and over. Yeah. So it was a perfect match. The audience reacted very, very positive. There were two publishers. There was a publisher for um, Pearson and mm -hmm. another for Wiley, okay. which are the major book publishers. So Wiley came up to me first and approached me about writing a book. And I started talking to them. And the person that was in charge of that had some issues with her health. So she didn't follow up. And when she didn't follow up, the people from Pearson came in and, and, and they swooped you. Me, yeah. And, yeah. They took me and I warned them, I've never written a book before. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Mm. They're like, don't worry, we just need you to write the book on what you did during your talk. Mm. Like, like just we'll help you break, we'll help you break it and just just write. And mm. we will do all the editing, just write. Uh, you know, we will fix grammar. Okay. Yeah. So I started, I was like, okay. And then from there, I started writing Picture Perfect Practice, which is still one of the highest selling books in the mm. photo, and which is crazy to me. Have you gone back to your English teachers with a copy of uh, of these books and gone, I did it? <laughs> no, you know, I wanted, I dreamed about it, but I thought yeah. that would be kind of like a crappy move. Well, <laughs> you know? yeah, maybe, but... It's like, because they have never written a book, right? Mm. Like, I'm writing my seventh book now. And, wow. and the wedding books, Wedding Storyteller Volume 1 and Wedding Storyteller Volume 2, those are the highest selling books in the wedding genre yeah. ever. Like not, Which is not amazing. Joking. Yeah, amazing to me. I'm yeah, like, amazing. I got a call from my publisher. They're like, did you know that this Wedding Storyteller Volume 1 and 2, there has never been a book in the wedding genre that has sold more since 150 years from now. Wow. Like never. Like this is not like, I wanted to cry, man. Like, yeah. like, like it's one thing to be the top selling author, like picture perfect lighting and picture perfect posing where the top selling books in their genre for like three years. Mm, okay. Amazing. But Wedding Storyteller Volume 1 and 2 were the top selling books ever, you know, with the, <laughs> yeah. like that in that genre, in that category. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, so I started doing research. How many wedding books are out there? You know, turns out mm. a lot. Yes, right? there are a lot. Yes. A lot. Like people in, in South America, in Brazil and Europe and Mexico and, and you know indonesia they're writing wedding books all the time mm. you know there's wedding books being published everywhere and i'm still today 
I'm still at the at the still top. number one. <laughs> yeah, I just like what you know. So, um, I gotta say, instead of instead of thinking, wow, pat on the back, I'm actually mm. just very proud of that, and yeah. and I'm proud of that because I think it's so funny mm. that me, like the worst English student ever, <laughs> like would get to this point, and. You know, I, I got an email from Amazon, like congratulating me for mm. being one. And I was just like, God, like, how did that happen? <laughs> you know, I mean, so, it does show it shows that basically if you if you if you actually <laughs> this is a cheesy line, but you put your mind to anything, you can achieve anything. Right. Um, I think that's a back to the future line, isn't it? But um, but <laughs> but yeah. it, it's true because, you know, you, you and this is proof, isn't it? You're you're. You, you said yourself you're not the best at the grammar and the the, the written words and whatever but yet you're a top-selling author in 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 your genre which is incredible so i think there's a there's a big lesson there about you know don't listen to your doubts if you you know if, if you're good enough because yep. obviously what you're saying is incredibly important in those books for lots and lots of people yeah. and I, there is help there i think people yeah, there is. And I think people make uh, a very human, it's, a, it's, it's just human nature. You make a mistake of thinking, I'm going to write a book. So what do you do? You compare yourself to other books, other book authors, right? Mm, yeah. And so you say like, how am I going to compete with these giants, right? Mm. Um, what, what, what I didn't realize when I started, it's sometimes having the innocence of a child and having ignorance kind of <laughs> helps you. Yeah. Yeah. I get I, that. I, Yep, I didn't do that much due diligence in what other book authors were there and what people were writing about. Mm. I just wrote my own book. Yeah. On, on my material, the material mm. that I came up with when mm -hmm. I was bored out of my mind shooting mm. 80 weddings in the same venue. In the same location. Yeah. yeah. So I wrote a book. I wrote a book based on my experience. So it wasn't to compare myself to I want to write a better book than this person or, or I want to write a better book than that i wasn't writing a better book than anybody i was just doing my own thing yeah and it and that was it and you do your own thing same thing with photography people say i'm never going to photograph like this amazing fashion photographer those guys are amazing well don't mm. don't do that no do, do, do your do thing your style. yeah <laughs> you know? like absolutely do your thing and trust me mm. i deal with fashion designers every almost every day of my week or mm. every other day of my week. And they don't want the same photographers for everything. They want to change things up. Yeah. Okay. They sometimes they look for a photographer that has, they always look for a photographer that has a look. So mm. if you're listening to this, you ask yourself, does my work have a look? Mm. Does it have a look that's recognizable to you? Mm. And most of the answers to that is probably not. No. <laughs> you know, it's probably kind of all over the place right yeah you're 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 gonna have a hard time getting to the top of the world in the photo industry if you don't have a look mm. so you 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 say well i have many looks well unfortunately the way it works in business is that choose one <laughs> yeah you got to have something choose to excel in and and i i always it, it's it and, and not not forcing it either i always find i mean i always have a problem with the phrasing of the word style, what's your style or all that kind of stuff? Well, it's not about style. It's what your work is. 
and if you and, and I think you said look, which is probably a better way of of, of phrasing look, it, really. Yeah, and that's the word that your, every, yeah. yeah, that's the look that the, that's the word that the designers use all the time. I like mm. this guy's look. I like this girl's look. I like this woman's look. I like this mm. photographer's look. They say look, yeah. you know. Yeah. What is your look? You know, mm. do you have a look? If people saw a body of your work mixed in with other work, mm. could they recognize that is yours? Yeah. You yeah. know. Could they say this looks like Mark's work? Mm. You know, uh, and, and if the answer is yes, then you have nailed it. And now mm. my advice is to to not shy away from that, but run with it. Yeah. Ma- become better at it, master it, embrace it, put it all over social media, plaster yeah. it. And when you get bored of it, continue pushing the envelope, but keep the look. Mm. Yeah. No, agree because your style can change because you don't want to get stuck doing the same thing. But it's that identifiable part of the work that's definitely you. That's right. And there's uh, who's that? Who's that photographer in the East Coast? Uh, Patron, Patron, what's his name? Um, oh, I don't he know. He does uh, presidential headshots of presidents, very close up. Oh, I can't remember his name. Coltrane. Um, yeah. Uh, Patron. it's something like that it reminds me of the patron tequila like yeah i remember it patron uh anyway uh this guy i'm sure somebody's listening to this saying exactly yeah, yeah he's of- shouting the yeah. <laughs> shouting the name uh, down pelon pelon it's something p pelon oh my god yeah anyway he shoots like all these presidents and celebrities with a super wide angle lens very up close yeah and he shoots with this insane awful crazy perspective you know and it makes the 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 hands look like they are two meters long yeah and the legs are like even longer you know and the heads are small and tiny well you would think that is like the worst combination for a a presidential photo ever oh yeah 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 (laughs) But he made him one of the most famous portrait photographers in the world. And mm. that's that's what I'm talking about. That's he has a look. Yeah. Are you finding out who it is? I was trying to, yes. <laughs> because it was annoying me. Um Peloton. Um no, that's a bicycle. Um it, it, yeah, Peloton's a it's an exercise bike, isn't it? Um uh, well the, the the point of my example is that if you were to see a body of his work mixed in with 15 or 20 other photographers work there is zero doubt in my mind you will recognize that that work belongs to him yeah you know um it's it's how it's, it's almost like a ah uh, sort of like calling card or or it's it's about that being particularly you without it being too forced which is yeah which is what it is. I know people go, oh, I've got to find my style. Well, no, it's not about finding a style. It's about shooting what's you and your perspective and and, and your your eye. Um, and that that perspective makes it different from everybody else's rather than just that's copying right. anybody else's. That's, um, right. and that's why you should not really worry too much. Uh, anyway, this is the this is the, the president of George yeah. Bush that gave me the money. Yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy um, that's, started it all for you. But it doesn't say who took, um, is there a name of the photographer here? Let's see. Oh yeah, Platon. 
Platon. See? Yeah. The guy. Yeah. Yeah. Platon. That's the guy. There's Bill Clinton right there. Yeah. There's Bush and the other one. Uh, Jimmy Carter. Mm. Okay. Like that's mm. the worst angle in the planet, right? Yeah. Shooting up. Shooting. Yeah. It's, it's like pointing at his crotch, the camera, right? Yeah. But this is no doubt, this is Platon's work. Mm. There's a okay. sense of power in those pictures as well, though, isn't there, with that lower angle? Which there I'm is guessing. a sense of power, but more importantly, there's a, an identifiable look. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And we're doing a podcast and people are listening and they're having fun with this. But, and I'm telling you, like, when you listen to these podcasts, you think, like, you know, it's just chit-chat. But mm. this thing, what we're talking about, actually really helps you a lot. Yeah. Like, it really makes a lot of sense. Like, do you have a look? Mm. Or do you have, does your work kind of mix in with everyone else's because we're mm. doing similar things? That's, yeah. that's the big issue, you know, that I see. And and you could have your own look because you have your own life. You mm. had your upbringing. You grew up in this part of the country or that part of the country. And you you grew up with this, with this surroundings and that changes the perspective that you have. So mm. what is your look? Mm. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, one of the, the reasons, um, so you're coming to the UK in, yep, in, wait. later on in September. Um, I can't. In two weeks. In two weeks, yes. It's it's really crept up, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's really crept up. Um, and uh, yeah, so, um, and the reason you're coming is because you're, you've got a talk at the photography show, um, which is on Monday, the 19th of September um, at quarter past one. Um, so in the afternoon, obviously. Um, and it's um, it's uh, the title of it is Breaking Out of Average into Greatness. Yes, um, I love that. Yes. Great Woo! title. Great this title. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so it's on the super stage. Um, and I just uh, wanted to get a bit of without without any spoilers, of course. Um, but uh, tell us what yeah. we should expect when we... Um, when we come and see you talk. <coughs> Excuse me. No worries. <laughs> you can edit that out. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> Give me a sec. The the um, the super stage talk, breaking out of average into amazingness or greatness or whatever, is probably one of the most exciting talks I'm going to be giving in the last 10 years. Cool. Okay. I am beyond excited about it because I think photography is is gonna be it's gonna keep growing. It's gonna be an amazing industry to get into. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not shy about the amount of people coming in. I don't care. I mm -hmm. am pumped about photographers with all this amazing equipment that we have and lighting and all these things. We there's gonna be a wave of skill that's gonna catch up to the to the mm -hmm. equipment. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Equipment is growing and growing and growing. Photographers are still kind of chilling in this area right over here, kind of like in that average area, okay? Mm -hmm. And I don't blame photographers. Breaking out of average is not as easy as it sounds. How do you no. even start, mm -hmm. okay? So you're shooting. You don't want to be average. You want to break out of that. How do you break that ceiling? These are the... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go all out on the most practical, the most efficient and the most effective tools that can quickly get you to break out of average in the photo industry, whether you shoot weddings, 
or portraits. Yes, I'm doing this as a wedding photographer because yep. that's what I'm. But remember, um, you know, I'm a fashion photographer now. But but yeah. because of my career as a wedding photographer, I'm gonna try to bring it into the wedding world. But I'm not going to let go of the portrait world either. And mm. I want people to say, if you're not in weddings, you should come to this class anyway. It's gonna be very powerful. Mm. Uh, it's gonna be very powerful. And and I also want people to succeed financially on how do you get to this point where you're actually making a good living. Mm. I make a great living as a photographer. There is money out there for photography. Uh, you have to understand how to go get it, you know, yeah. but being average, it's going to be a tough way of doing it, you know, so mm. Mm. have to break out of that, you know, and I'm pretty pumped about this class just because I have prepared for this class for the last six months. I have I haven't prepared for a class as much as I have for this. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, this reminds me of when I was teaching like a creative life where you have to prepare for days and days and days. Mm. And I want people, I've been preparing a lot for the photography show because I feel this is a very exciting, energetic audience, mm. you know? Is and there always a good audience there? Yeah. Is there? Yeah. And yeah, I've heard amazing is. things. And I want to be, I, I want to be there to, to, to offer what I can do to help, okay? Mm. To help, to inspire, to get people empowered, uh, but not only to inspire because everybody wants to inspire, but inspiration dies as soon as you walk out the, the, the door, you know? Yeah. I want people to have the tools to actually go home and do something about it. Yeah. You know? Um, it, that's why I, I never really liked inspiration, like <laughs> inspiration, you know? It's like, oh my God, I'm so inspired. But then 10 minutes yeah. later, hey, that's a good, that's a good coffee. I, yeah. I mean, what the person talked about you know so i i'm not i'm just energetic about the prospects of photography and i want people to that feel like they're stuck in a mm. rut i want i want them to hear what i'm gonna say and get them out of that rut mm. you really get them out of that rut and and not only get them out of there but propel them put them put like a jetpack behind their back and propel them into some into where they want to be and where they could be mm. um so yeah it has been four to five months of preparing this presentation. I can't wait yeah. to finally deliver it. And you know, I, I work hard on prep. I told yes, you yes, absolutely. You know? So I work hard on prep. Trust me, like I work really hard on yeah. preparing for these things. So yeah, I um, I I can't wait. This will be my my second trip to to London or second trip to the UK or to Europe actually yeah. since um since covid you know so i'm yeah like, you know i used to travel a lot now it's less so i'm like mm. you know i'm itching to get out get out yeah. of here <laughs> that's yeah yeah well um you, you might want to wrap up a little warmer because it's uh it's, it's not, not as, well it's you know it's, it's warm at the moment but um compared to beverly hills it's probably no yeah no, <laughs> probably not no yeah. i also did a um, workshop a posting workshop in london a few years ago yeah and the people in the uk I remember just how, I don't know, it was just beautiful, like how great they were. Um, very cool people, very high energy. Um, I just got along with, I got along with, I get along with everybody, but I get, I got along with them quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I have a lot of friends in the UK, so I'm, I'm ready. Ah, so you're ready. So you're going to do, are you here just for that weekend or are you going to be here for a little bit visiting your friends perhaps or? Yeah, you know, but back to my 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 two children, five and two. It's yep. hard. For, we <laughs> yes, 
So my wife and I live in Beverly Hills. We have no no one here. Or all of our families live in Arizona. Oh right, okay. So we, we don't have anyone to help us. So when I go to the UK, my wife is like with the kids by herself with no help. Wow. You know? Yeah. So we're talking like naps and meals and work mm. and this and that. There's no help because I'm gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, as soon as I fin, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go to London for one night. Yeah. Then I'm gonna take the train, I guess, to Birmingham. Yeah. I'm going to be there for like three days. And then after that, I, I have no choice but to come back to help my wife with the kids. Yeah, you know, that's, like really. that's, that's very fair. Yeah, yeah, very good husband, very good photographer. And I tell you what, been a brilliant guest today. Thanks ever so much. Oh, for thanks. Uh, the you. only other question I just want to ask, and it's almost like the obligatory question I have to ask because I'm sure there's people out there. Um, and I know we discussed this a little bit just before, before we came on air. But um, uh, gear question um oh yeah let's do gear let's let's not gear we have we we haven't done a gear question yet and um i'm i mean i'm gonna hazard a guess and you're a cannon right what of course (laughs) is there anything else (laughs) well quite come on yeah well being the the canon explorer of light i didn't think you were using nikon equipment to be fair no uh, (laughs) no the canon eol would be the giveaway that i would be using (laughs) absolutely so just briefly then um the, the, the gear i mean we've talk primarily about weddings so we'll we'll stick with that so um what sort of gear do you have in your bag what do you take with you um i use i i just bought the canon el1 flashes which are the super fancy flashes that canon came out with they're yes they're very expensive but man they have been worth every penny yeah um i'm a big flash user i use flash for probably 90 percent of every photo i take at a wedding Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And my flashes have always been good, but I push them so hard, yeah. you know? So I actually was part of the development team for that flash, that EO one. Uh, uh, and I wanted to, I said, I, I said, this is my dream list. Yes. This is my dream for a flash. Can we do this? Can we? Yeah. And, and they did almost everything I talked about on that EO one. Cool. I have six of those. Okay. Wow. Very expensive. <laughs> Um, and people thinking that's insane. I'll, I'm just going to use this and you can use whatever you want. I'm not mm-hmm. here to discuss what you want. I just, um, that, the, 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 the equipment that the electronics inside a Canon top of the line flash is, is top, you yeah. know, so it doesn't burn out. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't like die with the sun. It doesn't overheat. It, it just, it's, it's made for robustness, you know, yeah. and I need it for my jobs. Yes, of course. And then, um, I'm dying to get a Canon R3. I don't have one yet. I'm very yeah, upset. I- you know, <laughs> very about it. Like I'm a Canon EOL, I still don't have one of those. <laughs> have you have you handled one? Yeah. The yes, it was a thing yeah. of beauty. Never wanted it to is. let it go. Yeah. So I, I handled one last year at the photo show, and oh my words, the yeah. iPhone, the iFocus. Because normally, uh when you wear glasses, it was an old technology. I remember Sony tried to do it, I think, and it never worked for me because I wore glasses. But this right. one actually works. No, oh yeah, they killed it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely smashed it. So. I'm actually surprised, and I know people think that this is uh this is you know up for debate, but the the Canon R3 cannot put Canon on the top of the out of focus game. Yeah. yeah. Um yes, Sony is very close, mm. but Sony used to be the king of yeah. out of focus. I did I did eye tracking and all of that. Mm. And and now even the worst critics out there, the most difficult critics, even say, even though it's a close call. Mm. Um, they, they they will choose the Canon one, mm. and Canon also has adaptive learning, out of focus technology built in. So 
as you shoot, like the camera has like a database yeah. of scenarios that can happen when a person moves. So like a dancer, a football player, a basketball player, they could be moving around, turning around. And it has this intelligent technology to, to, to learn that it's still the same person. So if yeah. you're telling, if you're saying track this person out of 20 mm. and that person turns around and runs, it will still know that it's that same person that is trying to track. Yeah. This mind blowing. I'm very yeah. angry. I don't have a, <laughs> I don't have an R3. So what are you using at the moment then? R5s. R5s. Yeah. Yeah. Which by the way, for, for what I do, that's a great camera. You yeah. Know? I, yeah. I do a lot of printing and we do, I do a lot of big printing. Mm. So size of megapixels and this kind of matters. And it's the a huge R3, sensor. Yeah. And the R3 doesn't have as many megapixels, which people say it doesn't matter. And you're right, it doesn't. Mm. But when when the fashion designers grab my photo and they crop only 20% of it, and this is what they blow up. Yeah. Then I have I hate to say this, but megapixels at that point do matter. They absolutely do. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so, you know, in my world, megapixels do matter. Um, if I was shooting weddings as more as like as I used to. Yeah, I, I would say the R3 would be just the most badass camera. Like it would just <laughs> yeah. because it's made for speed and it's made for stuff and and mm. it it it, ha it handles in your hand like better than the One DX Mark Threes where it was yeah. really it was like a really bulky camera. Yeah. but now they just made it a lot smaller. I don't know. I love gear, man. I I think yeah. as you can see, I get all energized. I yeah, pumped up about it. Um, to me, gear is an, an opportunity to see what else can you do yeah. with this new yeah. equipment. There's new technology. What mm. else can I do with it? You know? mm. For example, mm. when the EOS R came out, um, I did a uh, Canon sent me on a tour of Southeast Asia for 10 countries to, mm -hmm. to talk about the RTR, the Canon EOS R. Yeah. Well, that was the first mirrorless camera Canon came out with. And, mm. and it had the, the whole rotating screen that could rotate in any direction. Yeah. Well, I didn't have that option, but within my one DX, in my one DX Mark Mark II mm. or one DX Mark Three Days or the or the five DS or the five D Mark IV. So, I didn't know what to do with the screen, and then I found out, man, you can really get amazing photojournalistic pictures when your eye is not attached to the camera. Yeah. Because people don't know that you're pointing the camera at them. Mm. You know? Yeah. I mean, the camera is pointing at them, but because the camera is by your hips. You yeah. Know? They don't think you're taking a picture. They, they, no one thinks you're taking a picture yeah. and because of the eye tracking i didn't even have to i didn't even have to make sure by putting my eye through the viewfinder that it was focused on the right person i could just let the eye tracking sort of yeah. take care of the person do, do its thing yeah push the button on my hip and it was taking perfectly focused oh man it was just like it was a revelation for me yeah to take perfectly focused photos on the eye mm without me ever having to put my eye near the viewfinder and yeah. that screen i could just tilt it to any angle where wherever i was i could be at a table or whatever and you're getting this amazing photojournalistic pictures uh that was not possible before so mm. yeah it's, it's been super fun yeah so. awesome stuff awesome stuff well i think we will end it there and um I say, Roberto, it's been fantastic talking to you. Thanks ever so much for, uh, for taking the time out and, and speaking with me today. And uh, just a reminder uh, for everyone at home, Breaking Out of Average into Greatness is on the super stage starting at quarter past one in the afternoon on Monday, the 19th of September at the photo show. 
it's on the super stage so get your tickets now basically um uh, because um roberto's definitely a guy you want to see um oh yeah and thanks well. again um and uh yeah it's been great speaking with you and uh hopefully i'll, I'll bump into you on on monday the uh the 19th we have to run into each other now yeah absolutely you know? absolutely yeah, that'll be fun okay cool. thanks mark thanks no everyone <laughs>